What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I am really excited to dive into today's episode. It is a freaking fun party. So sit back, grab a drink, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter 16. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. So today we have Lo Von Rumpf joining us, and he is a celebrity stylist, best friends with one of my favorite bachelorettes, and is also a gay man in this industry. And we get to talking a lot about gay representation in the media, which I have been aware of for quite some time. A few years back, I wrote, directed, and produced and starred in a film called It Happened Again Last Night. And it's a film about a woman who is trapped in an abusive relationship with a man who has also fallen in love with her best friend who happens to be a female. And when I was writing this with my co-writer on the project, it was really important to us that we were viewing these characters in a very real sense. I feel like so many times in the media we have the funny gay neighbor or the gay best friend and I really wanted these characters to exist as normal people do in the world and in the space we were creating also being part of the LGBTQ community. So it was really important for me to represent that in a film and in a piece of art that I was putting out. I think we need so much more of that in our world and in our industry today. And Lo and I get to to chat about that. And he also, you guys, has one of the most ridiculous FML stories I have ever heard, much less had on this show. It's a fucking doozy. My jaw was on the fucking floor. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, let's jump in to the interview. Lo Von Rumpf, welcome to FML Talk. Oh, this is the only place I want to be right yes, now. Yes, I love In that person, so much. In person with you, I'm vaxxed, waxed, we're good to go. Yes, I love it. <sighs> it's been a, a weird kind of year and a half now with all yeah. the Zoom, all the quarantine, and to be back in person is- I love being in person. Yay. Zoom just doesn't- it doesn't hit the same. No, you can't get the same vibes as when you're like sitting in the studio. Yeah, it's like we got the neon. Elevated. I love ready these to chairs. Go. Thank um, you. This is everything. Yes. Me. Yes. Stamp of approval from low, everybody. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's just dive right in. Okay. You are kind of an expert on like the Bachelor Nation vibes. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, all of my FMLers know I am a trashy reality TV connoisseur. You love it. I do. Um, and the bachelor is, is up there. Bachelor, bachelor paradise, you yep. know, it's my jam. Um, and you are best friends with my all time favorite bachelorette. Oh, the Canadian maple delight. Yeah. Caitlin <laughs> Bristow. Yeah. She holds my, my number one spot. She's my favorite bachelorette too. I, and to be honest, like I love the franchise, not too familiar with it though. I'm friends oh, really? with a lot of the people. <laughs> I'd love to say I'm an expert, but I, I mean, I've watched a little bit here and there. Um, but more so, I guess because of Caitlin, I submerged myself into that world right. and Jason. And then I, I know a lot of the people from the, from the franchise. Yeah. Is so that were, what we call it a franchise? Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. So were you guys friends before she went on the show? Uh, no, no, no. Oh. I actually met her after oh, oh. Oh, the vodka. 
don't the vodka. want to lose it. Um, I actually became friends with her after, and uh, she was doing a red carpet, the Country Music Awards, okay. which is like the Oscars of country music. It's a big one. Nice. Um, people really turn up. It's like black tie. And she went uh, the first year and was just ripped apart for her dress that she wore. Oh, no. People weren't feeling it. I thought it was cute. It was like an Urban Outfitters type of cute little right, moment, right. off the rack type of a thing. Okay, love um, that. We sure. love a, where's this from? My fucking closet. Thank you very much. Yeah, so she had that little <laughs> banana boat on the arms, a little lip smackers, and okay. she was ready to go. <laughs> so uh, after she got ripped apart, people were like, you know, we're stressed and all that stuff. Uh, then... I came into her life mm. and she said, Lo, I, I love what you do styling wise. And I had styled her for a few like uh, red carpet type things before ready to wear stuff. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I, I want to turn up at the next country music awards. I love I it. I want to be best dressed, which she was. Oh my God. Uh, and that's it was amazing. Great. It worked out. Everything worked out. So I ended up dressing her for that. And then, I mean, within I think 30 minutes of our first actual fitting mm-hmm. meeting in person, I was like, I think. You're my soulmate. I just love you. I just fell in love with her. She's so sweet and she's good people. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to to have a friendship, but also a client at the same time, which is tough, but... For some reason, her and I can navigate the waters great. I love that. You're literally like her fairy godmother. <laughs> yeah. You just came in and bippity boppity booed her ass. Yeah, sure freaking did. Yeah, so, and she trusts me, and I know like her style, what she loves, doesn't love. So now it's just been fun. I feel like she's transformed now. She's a little fashion queen. Nice. She doesn't need me anymore. Well, sort of, but you know. I love that. <laughs> I love when really beautiful friendships can bloom out of working relationships. Yeah. That's like some of the best kind in my life that I've, I've found. I have that with my producer too. Um, so did you ever go back and binge her season of the bachelor? I sure did. Oh my God. It was the best one that there was (laughs) dude. (laughs) Well, I feel like she's a, a maverick, a trailblazer Yes, because the, the whole controversy with her was that she'd slept with both Dudes, yeah. Right. God forbid a woman like test the waters before she gets engaged on national television. Test them all. Drink yeah. all the water you right. want, in my <laughs> opinion. I love that she did it. But now I think she got a lot of pushback back then. Mm-hmm. But I think, what was that? Like five, six years? I don't even Yeah. Like imagine her now. season airing today. I feel like it would be a totally different, like it would be an empowering thing oh, as yeah. opposed to slut shaming someone on national TV. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I feel like one would be like, yeah, like yeah. do you boo. Right. Um, so she was ahead of her time. I love that. And it was my favorite season. I loved it. Yeah, me too, by far. Um, So tell me about how you got into styling and where, how your kind of career path has shaped. Like how did you- A mess. As he takes a giant sip Mm -hmm. of his vodka. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so styling for me. Well, I started, I'm, I'm 32 years old now. I started, I'd say like 20, 21, so a decade and some in the industry, but it started kind of by accident. I didn't want to be a stylist. Uh, I didn't have intention of doing it, but uh, well, I guess the thing is I was doing like modeling gigs and stuff okay. back in the day. And this was like 16, 17 year old low. And and at that time, like being a Hispanic little mixtration that I am, wasn't the vibe. Mm. It was like Abercrombie and Fitch, corn fed, like white dudes. Right. And I just wasn't fit in that mold. So I knew my modeling career was going to end soon because I'm like, I'm not booking shit. Right. Um, but I booked one gig for a denim campaign and I was like with Wilhelmina Models at the time. Anyway, I showed up. The stylist wasn't there. The photographer was over it. Uh, and he's like, where's the stylist? Everybody else was there. And so I just was like, 
I can style it. I have a strong styling background. Stop. I'd never styled in my life. You're like, don't send me home from this fucking job. I'll do it myself. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. So I ended up styling it. um, And that was like my first styling experience. And it kind of, that was like, I was bitten by the style bug there. Because I thought, I really like this. This is fun. And I I know I love clothing and designers and and mixing patterns and all that sort of thing. And I've always been drawn to fashion. Uh, but I wanted to be like a dermatologist or a chef. So oh my God. That like was two, three of the most like out, yeah. not correlating things that those you could have Those are my three favorite things, clothing, skincare, and eating. I love it. So uh, <laughs> those were the avenues I was exploring, but then fashion kind of found me and it took so, I didn't start getting paid for styling. I, I was doing free work for like the first four or five years, mm. making pennies, you know, enough for a freaking Chipotle bowl, right? you know, nothing to write home about. Uh, <laughs> but then finally you start to get a book and well, now it's not really a book. Like I had like my, my portfolio. Yeah. Now it's, now it's like, look at my Instagram. Right. Which I think if you want to become a stylist now, I think it's a little bit easier in that sense Mm -hmm. because you could just put it all up. Although I faked it till I made it. I was all smoke and mirrors. So I had all how, these, how so? I had all these beautiful friends, models and actors that I had become friends with. Cause I, I grew up in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was like doing early modeling stuff, so I would put them in like dresses and, and just make them look like cover stars type of a thing. Uh, and then had those images printed out in a portfolio. Mm. And I mean, you could just say like, this was for Vogue India, right. whatever, like, you know before what I mean? Before they hit the red carpet. Yeah. Before, <laughs> yeah. Or I would just like, there's, there's a million magazines out there. I could yeah. say, you know, this was for luxury, finest oh luxury God, magazine. I love that. Just made it up. Um, but the images and the styling is what I wanted people right. to see. Nowadays, I don't think you could do that just because I mean, everyone. You could just Google search it and it comes up that you're full of shit. Exactly. Right. But back then I had my space and my portfolio. So I was able to (laughs) make a little bit of a name, an indent and, and start the ball rolling when it came to actually styling. And then, yeah. And then I started getting clients and I was like, yes. And it's all been referral. I'd say 98% of my business is referral. So I do photo shoots, red carpets, uh, editorial campaigns, and it keeps me fresh and busy and always new. And now I love it. Now I'm like, I'm glued to it. Stuck. Amazing. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. Um, so you did say, obviously, you experienced some of the, you know, struggles of being a, in a minority group when you were trying to break into modeling. Have oh, you yeah. found that as far as being a stylist as well? 
Like, is it, is it still difficult in that facet of the industry right now? No, I think returning a leaf, like finally, sure. Yeah. But it's interesting. Cause I remember I had met with this agent and this was when I was interested in, uh, for styling, you can get signed to an agency, which I... Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so makeup artists, stylists, even photographers, uh, they'll have agencies that rep them and they'll just push them out to different talent and that's how you can get in front of oh, nice. different studios and stuff. That's a very popular route. It's a route I didn't take uh, because the referral thing was working for me. Mm-hmm. To this day, that's how I get all of my business is through referral and Instagram. Yeah. So, and I mean, it, Instagram is how everybody gets everything nowadays. Yeah, it's really. It's like the love-hate relationship <laughs> where we hate the vanity of it but at the same time you're like yeah but it's booking me work exactly so I ended up using Instagram but I remember this this agent manager person uh met up with me and she was talking about like branding myself Mm she's like okay so as a stylist I just think it would be good for you um to we love the Von Rumpf um but really focus on like that side of it. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? Because my my last name is my mother's maiden name, which is Salinas. Okay. um, which is Super Hispanic, right? Um, and uh, and then my dad is von Rumpf. My dad's a splash of German, so I'm okay. I'm all bean dip with a little splash of German. So, <laughs> but I've been hanging on to that German little splash, and I feel like I don't know. There was a sense for me that I had to use that in a way to open doors for me mm. because people probably wouldn't have been as open to me styling for them or different campaigns and stuff. Sadly, if I had the other last name, if I, and, and that was just her opinion. Like she had said that, like, I think you're good. Like the German thing is great. And right. um, just think like, well, it does sound very posh too when you're, when you're speaking as far as like, you know, styling. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I noticed like with some of my like showroom friends mm-hmm. that I made, um, they would say things like if they, I have friends who are minority, uh, business owners and they have showrooms and showrooms for a fashion stylist where you go to pull all of the stuff for the red carpets. Mm. So I make an appointment at the showroom and then they have all the designers. So, but they would even say when it comes to showrooms, um, how to get a stylist that is, that has a lot of white clients Mm -hmm. will automatically elevate your brand will automatically elevate your business. And I was Mm. like, really, that's a thing. And I have a lot of Caucasian clients so these uh, friends of mine that have showrooms would be like, we want, we want your, your white clients to wear our stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was like target, like these designers had target audiences and they really wanted a specific type of person and it didn't involve color. So now I'm wow. seeing it change and they're actually embracing all different colors, shapes, sizes, even when it came to size, like not only race, yeah. but also a stick, you know, a size zero is right. all that's available. Right. Now we're getting tons of different sizes. Yeah. Like they only wanted to dress people that looked like they were on the runway. Absolutely. So I'm seeing that change and I'm so glad it finally is changing the tides. It's, yeah. it's a long time. When coming. was this where, when people were saying, Oh, we want to really want to dress your white Two clients. weeks ago. Oh, Oh no. Oh, for that. Oh, that was, Oh my gosh. That was like, I'd say like a few years back, like four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, I was noticing that and I was just like blown away. I'm like, what? what are you talking about? Like you want my white clients? Right. They're like, yeah. And they'd say things like, Oh, that's too urban or that, that, that client oh. is too urban for us. It was, it's so bad. So, so like, would they turn down someone that's a really reputable name and has done a lot in this industry and is very well known just because of their color? Or it was like everyone that's at the mid level, we just prefer the white clients that are at the mid level. 
I, I think that once you get to a certain level of fame, mm-hmm. you know, then they were just happy to have someone right. dressed. But if it is mid-level or or someone they didn't even know about, that could be a big deal. It's just right. not a big deal in this country, mm. you know? So I Got think it. that was where there was a little bit of... And they would never say it's because of race. Like, they'll just say, we're going to pass on the opportunity. Yeah. So they're never going to put themselves in a position to sound like a freaking racist. Right. Um, but that's where it stems from. Yeah, sure. You know, unfortunately. Oh, God, I'm so glad that stuff is starting to change not only in the industry but in our world with all the stuff that went down in 2020 with Black Lives Matter and just everything in general is starting to really finally take that turn yeah and people are starting to not only wake up but wake up and educate themselves Mm -hmm. which I think is like the main focus of what we need to do to start moving forward and like getting rid of some of those old shitty beliefs absolutely yeah so let's talk about because you're obviously part of the LGBTQ community. Sure am. I love dearly. Super gay. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, and I want to get your perspective on gay representation in the media because mm. so often on TV shows and movies, like the gay characters are often uh, often portrayed in a certain type of way. Like it's a stereotype of what they think the gay neighbor, the gay best friend is. Like the Will and Grace character. Yes. Which I I mean, I fucking love Will and Grace. Iconic show. And I love him. Yeah. And everything he did on that show was brilliant. But yes, exactly. So it's, it's very stereotypical. So one dimensional. Yes. Yes. So do you feel that that's starting to make a change now too with some things Hell yeah. in cinema. Oh, it's so in TV cinema in just in all forms of the media and the news, like you're seeing all these different, just because gay is just, you know, uh, there's a thing like I, I never, I never like to lead with my sexuality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's so many other components uh, to who I am, Yeah, you know? And I think like who I share a bed with at night or what I'm into is like, I'd say 1% totally. of what matters. So, I think that for the sake of media and television and movies, it's easy to play on stereotypes, mm-hmm. of course. You know, and some of them are really funny. Like, I love the movie The Birdcage. It's yeah. iconic. Oh, my God. I Robin just Williams. watched that on a flight a month ago. So good. So good. Uh, but I also think now seeing different types of people, different also races, different, um, you know, a gay man as a father, yeah. a man as a business guy, a guy who's into sports. Like, there's so many different facets and dimensions to this LGBTQI, I think we're adding letters to it. Right, I, don't I know, even know I can't keep up, so I apologize. The alphabet in people that we are, there's a lot <laughs> happening. Um, but I'm I'm glad to see even the transgender community represented, yeah. and all these amazing documentaries, mm-hmm. and like there's a lot that's coming out, and people are openly discussing it. Um, so it's no longer as taboo. And I think the thing is, when it comes to talking about um, gay and transgender and all the different facets, and all there's so many dimensions to it. But I think people just get uncomfortable mm. with it because you don't want to say the wrong thing. And nowadays, yes. your ass is going to get canceled if you yes, say the wrong thing. Yes, I, I, I will be open and say that I feel that way too. Yeah. And I have many, many gay friends. I, yeah. I've done projects that you know represent that in the media. And I still, when I go into things, I'm like, oh my God, am I going to say the right thing? <laughs> like, Is it appropriate to say this? Is it not appropriate to say that? Like, Did you ever see that clip of, um, what's his name? He always fake laughs and he's a good host, but he's a lot. Jimmy not Kimmel, Fallon. Fallon, yeah. Jimmy Fallon had RuPaul on his show. Oh, yes, I know. Yes, yes. And it but was like, still the, tell me. it was like, okay, so I guess RuPaul was promoting RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. and, and RuPaul had been named like the biggest drag queen and it was the cover of, yeah. I forgot what magazine. So Jimmy like brought out the magazine was like, look at RuPaul, you're like the number one drag queen or something like that. And RuPaul's like, a drag queen, a drag. <laughs> and you just see Jimmy's face like, <laughs> 
shit. Did like, I say the wrong I'm thing about on to national lose television? my career. Like yeah. maybe drag queen's not a right word to right. use. It ended up being fine. Like yeah. she was totally messing with them. Um, but it just was really funny because that is just goes to show like the feeling you could have when you have those conversations yeah. or even just mess up and say the wrong thing. Totally. So when yeah. I, when I wrote eat, pray, FML, I have a sentence in there that talks about me becoming friends with this, this gay guy at one of my hostels. And I say, I love my gays. And yeah, I had to go to all of my friends in the community and be like, is this okay? Is anyone going to be offended by this? Is it fine? And there's been a few people in reviews that have mentioned it, but they're all fucking like, you know, Beatrice from Ohio. Like they're not even part (laughs) of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. But it's that cancel culture. It's a real thing right now. I look at it like if, if your heart is in the right place and your intention is good, then yeah, we're going to mess up sometimes. Right. It's kind of like saying the, it's, it's a terrible word to describe people um, with Down syndrome. We know we're t- I, I don't even want to say it, but it's the word retard. Yeah. It's so offensive. Yeah. But I remember using that word back in the day as like a teenager and right. not even realizing that word is so loaded and so, so offensive. offensive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those type of things. Like I've, I've been called a faggot many times in my life. Um, now, I mean, that doesn't have any effect on me at all at this point. Just no, but I've it's heard still it so the much. fact that there's people that are still saying it sure. is ridiculous. Yeah. But I even think with certain people that I know um, or I've met, that word is is not as loaded to them. They didn't even understand that it's, there's a lot of negative connotation with it. It's actually super hurtful. It's hate speech. It's not a nice thing to say. Um, So I guess it's just a a learning curve for people, you know, on on certain words that we can use. And just, again, the more we talk about it, the better it is. I feel like, and we're putting in in the media, I think they're doing a way better job of doing that. Absolutely. Because Hollywood is so gay. It's so, I I mean, everybody's gay. gay. Yeah. We're all gay. Even the people that you don't, think are gay they're gay are probably gay or have been in some way in their life um (laughs) speaking of that what taking it back to bachelor for a second sure what did you think speaking of gay (laughs) what did you think when when colton came out as being gay what he did oh my god you you haven't heard (laughs) you're like no it was like all over the news I mean, good for him. Yeah. Live your truth. Living in the closet or just shrouded in shame sucks. Well, and that's tough to be the star of a show, which at times has been looked at as misogynistic and, yeah. you know, being like, I'm the the cream of the crop that's been handpicked to find myself a wife and oh then to come out as gay. Like, that's a big fucking deal yeah. to have the balls to like open yourself up to, I'm sure, a lot of criticism in that sense. When that should be a time where you open yourself up and are embraced and accepted in a warm way. But because of the circumstances, I'm sure he got a lot of backlash from it. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's crazy to think about it just because, well, we're in LA and I grew up over here. So gay and all different races. And I mean, I'm a minority gay myself. So I'm just used to friends of like it's a rainbow of friendship that I have of all different colors and um but for a lot of people like in the middle of America like that's their first time like having someone on television that they're watching you know or someone that they're so familiar with Mm -hmm. that's a straight dude coming out to them mind you I'm sure there's a lot of gay people in those small towns they haven't come out yet right right what's the there's a statistic like one in ten or something like that I'm um, sure are gay but anyway um so I I think that of course people were like shaken to the core when he came out but also he was celebrated and and people look at it like you know that's 
it's brave to do something like that. Yeah. You know, and of course he gets backlash. That's going to happen with anything though, with anybody. Yeah. Anytime you put your truth out there, there's going to be people who just don't fucking get it and don't want to support it. Yeah. And I think sometimes people will go the angle like, um, that it was, uh, the motive, like why right. he came out, the right. timing and stuff like that. And I don't know. I don't know what the situation is with him. Maybe it was a publicity stunt, just the way he did it. I have no idea. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he's just like tired of like not living his freaking truth. Yeah. Whatever it is, good for him for coming out. And I'm like, that's like one small little step yes. for Bachelor Nation. Yes. They had a lesbian situation at Bachelor Paradise. I think that happened before. Yeah, with Demi. Okay, Demi. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. We got Colton. So I just think like the more we see stuff like that, it's just better because that is actual, that's an actual representation of what's happening in the world. Yeah. That is America. There are, everybody's there. America's super gay and super colorful. And it needs to be represented on all forms of television. I, I want to know why we haven't had a gay bachelor or bachelorette oh my gosh. yet. Incredible. How do you think if that would could. go though? Would it just be this insane, crazy <laughs> party or would people really like be able to show up and, and you know, I think it would be awesome. I think, yeah, why not? I mean, sure, it'd be a big party. It'd be a little messy, but like the <laughs> yeah, best be kind of mess. it'd be way more fun. <laughs> oh, I I know it's just a matter of time. I don't know if ABC will go that yeah. route. I think they tried something like that on like Bravo. I'm sure another mm. network had tried it at some point. There was one a point. long time ago. It was like a shot of love with Tila Tequila on MTV. And oh my she God, was what bi- a throwback. Right? And she was oh. bisexual. So they had like guys and girls there. Oh, and yeah. And it was fucking interesting to watch. Yeah, we need more of that. I'm, I think, you know, you know, it's baby steps having a guy come out as a gay bachelor right right that already like ruffled the feathers of america yeah. so it's again slowly but surely but come on yeah. abc grow some balls let's yeah. go um okay i want now you to give me not to put you on the spot but put me on that spot I'm putting you on the spot um <laughs> what's one of your like biggest fml stories it can be relationship it can be just any type of shit show story that you have it can have to do with like a design thing whatever you want because we have all of our listeners submit their own fml stories about their yeah crazy relationships or fuck boys or any of the above oh my god i have so many okay great give me like two yeah top two. <laughs> <laughs> so i'll go with an fml for my career first love it yeah so fuck my life moment was with caitlin bristow let's okay. okay i'll go with that this was for the emmys she was going to the emmys she was so excited and she she ended up picking this beautiful dress and everything was great everything was the makeup looked good hair popping like we're okay. set okay um <laughs> zipped her up in her dress she's ready to go onto the red carpet and once they leave the usually a hotel room yeah um, like we just have to trust that everything's like your, great. your baby bird leaving the nest. my baby bird literally yeah. flying to the red carpet and oh. let's hope it goes well um so the carpet was fine and then she sat in her seat uh so we ended up uh she ended up uh, going into the red carpet or walking the red carpet and then she sat in her seat uh-huh. and um i think the way she had sat or something i don't know it was a tight dress zipper busted <gasps> open Back ass completely out Wait, in her seat. Stop. Yeah. So she ended up going on Instagram and being like, hey guys. Of like, course she did because that's who she is. <laughs> yeah. So I was mortified that that happened just because, I mean, well, it ended up just being an issue with like the zipper. Like it was on her and just, I don't know, the way it just happens. Sometimes oh, shit God. like that happens. Um, so but, what did she do for the rest of the night? Uh, well, she ended up just taking a, a blazer, I think, from her manager was with her. And so nice. she kind of like wrapped that around her and just like oh my God. got out of but the show. it was after show. the red carpet. 
She yeah, but it was okay. in the middle of an award show. Right. Yeah. But so at least it was after the photos had been taken. She got the photos. Yeah. Thank I think God. That's the important thing, right? Um, but in that moment, I was like, oh my God. And I was so busy that night with Emmys. I had other clients to dress, yeah. of course. Um, so I had an emergency dress, had to meet her at the hotel, change her out, boom, boom, because she still wanted to go and oh enjoy my God. the festivities. Um, but that was one where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I was like, <laughs> just mortified because it, it falls on me. Right. As. As yeah. a stylist. Yeah. Um, so I guess that would be my career one. But, okay. you know, it happens. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. You just got to. At least it happened to one of your good friends. We were able to laugh about it. Right. And we had wine later that night. Great. And we're just Love cracking that. up. <laughs> um, and I would say F my life moment for just, I guess, life in general. Just, just life. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's a toss up between a homeless guy taking a shit on the hood of my car. I want to hear that story. Okay. So let's just stop There's there. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, it's just like the universe wasn't working for me this week. Where was this? This was on Santa Monica Boulevard. uh, In daylight or at nighttime? This was was mid-morning, 11.30. Oh, it was a morning shit. Yeah, a nice morning dump. Got it. And uh, yeah, this guy... Was wanting to clean my window, you know, one of those, oh, yeah, yeah. the knock, knock. Yeah. I didn't have any cash uh-huh. available. I usually don't have cash. Um, he didn't have the chip. I could have gave him that, to, right. you know, but anyway, so I just said like, sorry, sir, like can't yeah. pay you right now. Okay. And I don't know, that just triggered him. He wasn't feeling that. So he, uh, <laughs> we were in stuck in gridlock traffic, by the way, on a very busy street. So there was no like going anywhere. Not left, right. There was cars on both sides, front and back of me. So anyway, this disturbed individual, uh, he gets on the hood of my car and he just holds on to the main windshield and he pulls down his pants and he just takes a freaking dump and he's just like pushing it out. And I'm I'm dying. Screaming. (laughs) I was screaming. Oh, I'm going to throw up just thinking about it. Oh, my God. Anyway. It's a lot. Takes a dump and then, um, and it's just there. And then, uh, and then he just hawks a loogie and just spits it at my window, pulls up his pants and, uh, and calls it a day. It just went about his business. Oh my God. And I'm just like sitting there like, oh my God. Just like, did any, is anyone watching oh, this? People were watching it for sure. I'm sure it's online somewhere. Oh um, my God. But yeah, that happened. Wait, what did you do? Did you just keep driving and see if it would roll oh off my God. or did you go straight to a car wash i went i went to a car wash but um yeah as i was but driving you can't pull up and be like hi there's human shit on my car could you please clean it off drive through shell station oh that's the route i went my god um so it was the drive through one but as i was driving you know i started to pick up some speed so there was it was just i'm dead <laughs> uh it was the worst so that was another like f my life like why am i here in la it was already like a week it was a tough day and i'm like oh styling God. was getting the best of me where are I was you from stressed. originally orange county california oh, okay not too far that shit doesn't no pun intended that shit does not happen in orange county no only no, in doesn't. los angeles yeah that's maybe just, new york that's maybe oh yeah <laughs> i feel like on a subway for sure people are taking dumps yeah. in those subways oh my god that um, is so there's that moment that happened i mean there's so many of them but yeah that okay, one kind of shook up, me to my core it was a toss-up between the human shit and what was the other one that was oh my movie? other f my life moment which one should I give? Oh, I got it. Okay. So another F, I guess. So I covered a uh, career yes. and then just day to day life. I guess we should go into dating life yes. and F my life moment. Yes. I was on a date. So excited. It was a, a blind date and we were set up by friends. Okay. So I go and everything was going great. And, uh, we ended up getting this dessert and it was like a candied apple. Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah, I bit into it. And again, Really liked this guy. The company was just 
conversation. Awesome. So I bite into the apple and I don't know just what happened. Well, I do know what happened when I bit into this fucking apple. Um, I have veneers, by the way, these teeth are not real. Um, and for some reason my veneer just decided (gasps) to come out. My front tooth just came out onto the apple and, um, yeah, I was mortified because as I pulled it out, I realized my tooth was there with it. Oh my God. And the look on his face was just like, he was horrified. You're like, you can't have a poker face at that moment. No, you can't. No, I had a hillbilly face is what I had at oh that particular God. time. So it was rough. And so here's the thing. He had talked about how he's all about like natural beauty. And like, he's not someone who's like, I, like people that get Botox is like, it's just too much. Like, I just want to age naturally. Like wrinkles tell a story. Right. I was agreeing with him. But no, wrinkles tell a story, but like my story will never be told. (laughs) Like I'm good with that. And also when it comes to like, you know, I got some veneers, I get a little filler here and there, you know, like I like to do some upkeep, but I pretended like I was all natural mother earth, just like him shopping at freaking Whole Foods and just, but no, I'm as fake as they come. So anyway, when that happened, I was like, oh God, um, he's like, oh, oh my God, your tooth. So I don't know why, but I just decided because I was like, it's a veneer. And even though I had the veneer because I had a, I'd chipped my tooth back in the day as a kid right, when right. I played football, I just didn't feel like telling him that. Cause I thought he'd think I was just so fake or whatever. Okay. So I told him that I had a bone disease and I oh said, my God, you went like the, yeah, the dying route. I'm dying. <laughs> no, I just said, I've been struggling with this bone disease. And, and, and then he was like, Oh my God, like, thank you for being so vulnerable. And I'm like, Oh, oh my shit. God, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after that, didn't see him again. Not he actually no was date. like, well, no, he wanted to, he was like, how's the bone disease and how's everything going and how are your gums? I'm like, this happens all the time. And, and so, oh my God, low, I cannot. Uh, yeah. So I just out of shame, I was like, right. and just lying to him. Cause like, now I I'm can't like, commit to that. No, having this bone disease the rest of my life. So <laughs> I never saw him again, but, oh my um, God, if you're listening to this, yeah. I really liked you. Yeah, it really did. And I don't have a bone disease. I just have fake teeth. Oh my God. Anyway, I cannot. And so on there's that, that. Note, I, this has been so much fun. I feel like we've covered every like good. We topic. did some race. We got some gay loving in yes. there and a missing tooth. I love it. And bachelor. All we've ever needed. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you and stalk you on social media? Oh yeah. Okay. So on Instagram and I just joined TikTok too, which is welcome to the, the dark side. Do you love it? I actually hated it when okay. I first joined, but that's where my business has done the best. So really? I've like learned to learn. Oh, I'm so new to it. So yeah. I have like two videos posted. Oh, I'll but give you like the, the down, down Please dirty. do. Um, <laughs> so on, on uh, TikTok, it's the Low Life Pod. Um, that's the podcast that I have. It's called Love the Low it. Life Podcast. You can find me there every Thursday um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you stream your podcast. And then on Instagram, it's at Style LVR, S-T-Y-L-E-L-V-R, which are my initials, acronym for... Lover, but oh, it's also my initials. Love that. Yeah. Thank so that's you so you much find for me. being here. This has been fucking so much fun. Oh, I love it. Thank you for having me. I'd love to come back. Yay. I want to thank Lo so much for coming on and gracing our show with his hilarious perspectives and ridiculous stories. Now we are going to take a turn and jump into your FML stories. Hi, Gabrielle. My name is Katie, and I'm a 36-year-old divorced mother of a beautiful six-year-old girl. And my FML story is about how I became best friends with my ex's ex-wife and how we use our story to empower women to squash narcissistic men that purposely pit women against each other. 
In 2018, my ex and I ended our almost two and a half year relationship over a drunken argument one night. I moved out and we had a continuous relationship for about a month where we were working through our feelings and working through the breakup. Unbeknownst to me, he had gone on Tinder and had met another girl who was local to my area and had started dating her. I quickly found out through Instagram that the two of them were together and I had confronted both of them. After the confrontation, I stopped communication with him altogether and found out a few weeks later that the two of them were engaged. Their relationship lasted for probably six months total with a marriage, divorce, and a baby on the way. I received a phone call from him the night he decided to leave her, or so I was told, but really she left him with a story of how horrible she was and what a crazy woman she was and how I should be back in his life. We became friends again and slowly that friendship turned back into a relationship and I think it was just us falling back into old habits. With a baby on the way, I was pushing to have a relationship with his ex because I knew I was going to be in the baby's life and there was no movement from him. I was never allowed to speak to her and we were always kept apart. I grew suspicious over time because he was constantly hiding messages from her and not allowing communication even after the baby was born. One night I had had enough and took matters into my own hands and called her at midnight and we ended up having a four hour conversation about the whole ordeal and the lies and the stories that we had both been told and all of the alignment of how we were pitted against each other to hate each other. Needless to say, he and I are no longer in a relationship and she and I have an amazing friendship and we continue to seek out opportunities to be an inspiration to other women, especially women that have to co-parent after a divorce. Or even if you find yourself in a situation where you are co-parenting with a narcissist, we love to help other women and give our strength and tell our story. And hopefully we are helpful and an inspiration. And if we can help one woman out there, then it's worth all of the bullshit telling the story and reliving the lies and the pain that I went through. Thanks for having me on FML Talk. Bye. What a fucking awesome story. I love when women can come together and totally negate all the bullshit a man has put them through. (laughs) Um, So many times when we're in a dynamic where we're pitted against someone else, it's only because of that middle person that's doing the manipulating. And when we can cut out that fucking toxicity, more often than not, people end up becoming best friends and having so much in common because of the person in the first place. I fucking love that. I'm here for it. You guys go and more power to you for spreading the word about being badass, powerful women. Well fucking done. Hey, Gabrielle, it's Andrea, and this is my FML story. 
It all started back in August 2015. I was 24 and thought I had met the love of my life at a bar of all places. We'll call him Carson. Like any 24-year-old, I thought I had found the one. The beginning of our relationship was great. He was exactly what I wasn't looking for at the time for a significant other. We weren't going out to dinners and I got flowers sent to me at work, going on once-in-a-lifetime trips across the world. Things were going smoothly, so smoothly, that when the opportunity came in summer of 2018, I moved with Carson from Tampa, Florida to Tulsa, Oklahoma for his residency. This was finally going to be it. We were finally going to get away from his smother and be on our own and start our junior together as a couple. I had bought a house for us to live in, he has terrible credit, and it was going to be great. Well, hashtag FML, on November 9th of 2018, my 27th birthday, I found myself doing a stakeout with my new co-workers after I had found two boarding passes, one that said Carson and one that said Cassidy, coming back from Cancun, to which I put my private investigating skills to good use to find out that she worked with him and has a cat named Lemon. Of course, I confronted and get gaslit and that I was the crazy one. Fast forward to him moving out while I went away on a birthday trip that he so graciously used my miles for, so I would be out of the house when he moved out. What a coward. Now you're probably thinking, Andrea, it's been almost four years. Why haven't you been able to move on? Well, surprise, things ended between him and Cassidy in summer of 2019. We all saw that coming. And during the fall of 2019, Carson moved in across the street from the house that I had bought for us. He had somehow swooned his way into getting into a relationship with my neighbor, Ashlyn, and moved in with her fairly quickly. This past March, I received a DM from Ashlyn that they were no longer together because she found out some things about him that she wasn't happy with, confronted him about it, and it, again, went poorly, as she was sure that I was familiar with, with my experiences. We spoke on the phone for seven hours, come to find out she was supposed to be moving to Mississippi for his fellowship with him. Thank goodness she dodged that bullet, as I have no doubt her fairy tale ending would end up like mine. In a new city, very few friends, no family, and a house that she bought for them to live in. Tons of debt that he left her with, just like me. If that isn't a hashtag FLL story, I don't know what is. Thanks for listening. Fuck you, Carson. <laughs> um, that's wild. How you even gaslight someone when they find two fucking boarding passes and the second one doesn't have your name on it is beyond me. Like, I wish I, I could hear that conversation and how he tried to spin that to make you think you were fucking crazy. Um, and again, second time we hear the two women coming together and realizing they dodged a fucking bullet. Amen to that. You go, girl. I hope you guys had fun with Lo and I today. As always, make sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. Keep up with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. For more bonus content and behind the scenes goodies, check out patreon.com slash FML Talk. Remember, we are now on YouTube so you can watch all the episodes live. And as always, have a self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman fertility hormones and beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.